So Dana, today we are going to talk about prophets and prophecy. And um, I think it's an interesting topic for people like us because we are prophets in, in a way, right? The word though, the word prophet is a very loaded word. It's, it's like, it's not, it's not being a psychic because being a psychic is more picking up on the energy of others and perhaps of spirit and getting messages that way. Prophecy feels more like a, almost in the area of prediction, right? Wouldn't you say? Do you mm -hmm. think there's a difference? Oh, absolutely. And I, I would say there's elements of, when you're a psychic, there's elements of prophecy. You're prophetic in your messages, but you're not necessarily a prophet. If that uh -huh. makes sense, you know? Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Because there is sometimes there is a version of of seeing things that come that that come to pass in the future. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But like, but prophets and prophecy, I think there are, there's even a difference between those two words. Prophets, I think, are are people who pick up on future events, and I think everybody has that potential, and I think probably many people have experienced that in some way. Prophecy, however is the confidence or just drive need to share what has come through with others. And there is a big mm -hmm. line there because it's, it takes a lot of trust to do that. It's, it's like, well, I've seen this thing, but how do I know it's even, sometimes you don't even recognize it as being a prophecy until the prophecy comes to pass. Right. 100%. And I, I've had numerous experiences like that you you sometimes have a tendency to think that what you're seeing is based in the now or based in a version of the past and not necessarily in a future sort of uh context yeah and how yeah. do you how do you how do you discern between what is a message for the present and what is the, a message for the future I think probably practice but you know like when you look up if you if you look up prophets or prophecy which I've I've done a lot in for this and also just in the past mm -hmm. I've looked a lot about like prophets and prophecy and unfortunately all you get are religious references it's always about religious prophets it's always about mm -hmm. Isaiah Jeremiah John you know and and also the the modern evangelistic church and Christian churches and always men it's always men the language is masculine and the prophets are masculine there's never women aren't allowed I guess women aren't prophets I guess so <laughs> according to the Christian well, we, so, we already know that where do we see women in religious power like I mean we 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 don't right I mean you know women, like women just aren't allowed forget about women aren't allowed yeah. to be prophets women <laughs> just aren't allowed so <laughs> I I wish I wish that men could learn to to switch that language a little bit so that there's more and this is a generalization of course but many men just don't understand how to turn off that uh that um exclusionary language and way of thinking that keeps women out of all processes and so and that that happens with with prophecies <laughs> as well yeah. and and so <laughs> and and so it's hard to find anything about modern prophets that doesn't have to do with, with religion. But, mm -hmm. but that being said, a lot of times the people who in the, in ancient history and even present history, but uh, you know, I'm not going to go there with the evangelists and all that, not to take away from the legitimacy of their. That's, 
a whole nother conversation, I think. Right. Yeah. But just ancient prophets, they had to share what came through. They had to. They're, they did not have a choice. It wasn't about like, what is this a prophecy? It was it was a thing that came through to them from the outside that they had to share. And I think you and I have had those experiences as well, many, many times where mm-hmm. it's something we have to share. It's why we are, work, practice mediumship, right? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, um, you, you, it, it's about honoring yourself and honoring spirit, I think, and, and the drive to share. And I think too, when we talk about prophecies nowadays, we we're calling them something different. We're saying people are making predictions, you know, uh-huh. we've taken the sort of a lower and magic out of it and we've become more like pragmatic and how we talk about it, I think. Yeah. And, and trying to veer into the scientific. And I understand that I have the same tendency to do that with all things spiritual to try and lend it some material proof. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how can you do that with, with prophecy and, uh, and, and also the, nature of prophecy tends to be about some kind of apocalyptic or you know end of the world kind of thing why is that do you think why why isn't it about like you know this incredible thing is going to happen yeah that's a fantastic point um i don't know i mean in in our modern context i don't think we do that at all i mean it's it I think when you hear about predictions, they always seem to be news-based to me, like this is going to happen and this is going to affect everything. And it seems to be, you're always in the element of warning or being fear-based. I think it's a fear-based perspective, you know, and I, yeah. um, And I think that religion often has that fear-based perspective to it too, or it's a strong part of its foundation at any root, you know, or how it's what peeps people towing the line I think so yeah I I hear what you're saying about it the modern prophecies being more political or Mm news-based but there is a whole other offshoot of the population that you and I aren't really exposed to that believe in end of days right and the rapture and Mm -hmm. 144,000 which I I have some feelings about the 144,000 too it's not what they think but you know, I I think the hundred forty four thousand could be true. It could be the tipping point of people awakening. You know, mass mass extension really yeah. rising our vibrations on a whole. Absolutely, I have I have similar feelings about that as well. Right. It's not about yeah. though. The there are one hundred forty four thousand of us who are special who are going to be taken up by God, and the rest <laughs> screw you. That's not my opinion. But you know, the, we yeah. all have our own. We all have a right to our own. <laughs> Um, but the, it, I do think it's fear-based. I think that we want information about the things that threaten us, the things that are good. We want information about too. In fact, I think that's why a lot of people ask psychics and mediums to predict the future. What's going to happen here? How's this going to, you know, right. Oh, absolutely. And it's always questions. It's always, you know, based around love, marriage, children, career. It's, um, you know, the things that we spend our lives working towards, you know, it's always the same kind of questions. And I think when I work, it's, it's fine to have those questions asked, but I think we should be doing what we're doing because we, we're healing ourselves, because we're transforming ourselves, because we want to understand ourselves more deeply, you know? Yeah, I, 
when you think about those things though, and the things that we're hoping, if, if you ask a medium about love or career, money, that kind of thing, you're hoping to get positive information. In the end, I think it's kind of the same as, as predicting, prophesying, prophesizing negative things, because it's all about survival in the end. It's all about how, how is my survival and my existence going to be as comfortable as possible in the, in the near term. So I was thinking just to share with our listeners now, Dana and I have known each other for years. And um, in 2018, 2019, we decided to kind of branch off from a circle that we had been involved in and uh, begin our own circle. And it was very small. It was the two of us and and two other people who will remain unnamed um, just because they haven't agreed to be, you know, acknowledged in this. So we want to protect their identity. Um, But we started a circle between the four of us where we would meet weekly in person and we would practice table tipping a lot, which Dana and I, you know, we, we did, we practiced it a lot, but you and I, I think we have certain feelings about table tipping that, you know, it, it, I I find it to be a, go ahead. We, we moved beyond it, beyond it is I think what we can say probably. You know? I think I felt yeah. like I had moved beyond it before I even started it. I never enjoyed okay. table tipping. I, yeah. I mean, I, I question it. It's legitimacy, frankly. I, you know, I, um, I don't feel that it's helpful to me in my practice, you know, so, but I did, I wanted to have this circle and I know you did too. I wanted and, to be part of that community. That yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And one of us was very much about table tipping. That's what she wanted to, to practice. And so we said, okay, mm-hmm. whatever, let's just, let's do table tipping. If that's what she must have, we'll do table tipping. So we had some interesting experiences with that, still able to bring our intuition into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then in, I think it was early 2020, I think it was January of 2020. I'm positive it was because yeah. um, I have the date on the recording. That mm-hmm. we, we would record our sessions. We would record every week, pretty much. We would record our sessions just to try and sort of have a, um, you know, well, a record of our sessions. And mm-hmm. so during this, this week in January of 2020, we sat down as usual to um, table tip and incredible information came through that mm-hmm. turned out to be a, a prophecy of what was to come in March of 2020. And uh, we have that recording, as I said, now, and we thought that we would go through it just bits and pieces. We won't listen to the entire thing. I mean, we, we met that day for about an hour and a half, but we thought that we would share bit by bit the information that came through and then talk about the ways in which prophecy uh, works, the ways in which interpretation mm. works, the ways in which being open works through the experience of this prophecy, which we didn't recognize at the time was a prophecy. We didn't know. We only recognized it later. We, we, we knew it was something. We definitely oh, yeah. knew it was something. It was, it was with us in a very strong and profound way um we 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 felt it we just didn't understand it i guess is it we didn't we and this is where the idea of prophet and prophecy comes in because we were prophets in that moment but we didn't 
practice prophecy because we didn't recognize, we, no. we did recognize that something was happening, of course, and we always recognize when spirit is coming through, but we didn't recognize it enough to, to share it, to go out and say, this is coming, this is coming. Or actually now we know this is happening. This is happening. We didn't, we didn't know that that was, you know, we, we didn't have that level of prophecy in order to share it, no. which, you know, I guess what difference would it have made at that point? But it, it certainly would have helped in terms of people being like, oh yeah, you did say that. <laughs> <You> <laughs> we would have been legitimized. That's why yeah, right. And yeah. I, you know, at this point, I think we've both been yeah. legitimized enough, but you know, that, that would have been something, but we do have this mm -hmm. recording and, and, you know, that there's, um, and there's no way to, for us to prove to our listeners that and our watchers that it, this happened in January 2020, but I assure you it did. The date is on it. You know, it happened in 2020 um, before COVID, which is what we're obviously mm -hmm. referring to COVID. And then the George Floyd situation and the martial yeah. law situation in Washington, and then mm -hmm. um, the financial aspect of COVID as well. All of those things yeah. came through in this 20 minute bit mm -hmm. of time. Um, yeah. Were you going to say something? No, I'm just agreeing with you. And I'm just remembering, <laughs> really feeling it come forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's amazing. And, and we'll, we'll, the reason we're going to go through and then stop is to just kind of talk about the ways in which, what it means to us now, how it is a prophecy. Sometimes it might not be clear. Some people might say that's not a prophecy, but you know, I, I, I would say it is. So let's, let's start. What do you say? Definitely. So here we go. I'm seeing a man in a tuxedo with a top hat, mm. with a beard, um, very stern looking, young, probably in his 30s, handsome, um, I think some kind of, you know, aristocrat. Is that you? Yes, yes. So just to let our listeners know, when we're... When we're saying yes, we're also using the table at the same time. Now, throughout this bit of mm -hmm. of uh, of clip, for the most part, we weren't really paying attention to the table because intuitive information was coming through. But we did use mm -hmm. the table, and it would move whenever the answer was yes. And so, I asked, "Is are you know are you present with us?" And the table moved and said yes. So you can hear everybody in the background saying yes. So I'll just play a little bit more of this. Are you Lord Duncan? What did you say? Lord Duncan. Lord Duncan? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. That came to your head? Yeah. I can see that. Did you? Okay. So not much to say about that, I guess. it It's just the, the first indication of the spirit that came through that gave us information. And he was a wealthy, aristocratic, individual dressed as an aristocrat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then I'll move forward to the next bit of information that came through that begins to become relevant for what happened in in 2020. Oh. Oh. I just saw a swastika. Mm -hmm. Did you did you send me a swastika? What time period did he live? Uh, th he disappeared in, I think it was like me. Oh, gosh, I don't, haven't read. Was it around the time of World War II? 
No, it was after that. It was like 19, late 1960s. Did he live during World War II? Yeah, yeah he must have. But he it, was I'm not. trying to yeah. see if the whole Nazi thing Is there a connection yeah. to Nazi Germany? No, he didn't. Well, you never know. No, but we also have to remember the swastika is the sun, is the sun, uh, the the Asian sign for sun. So yeah, I know, but I don't get the feeling that that's what this was. Okay. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, I think. So here's an in, here's interesting. Uh, here's an interesting point to make. Uh, and of course, step in with anything you you want to share, mm-hmm. but. So the the person speaking in both the person seeing the man and the person who the saw the swastika was me. And then you can hear Dana in, interject as well and then the two other people whose names we won't use. And when one of the other people asks does he have anything to do with World War II? He's she's still talking about the spirit that came through in the beginning just to make that clear. And the other person who says, no, it doesn't have anything to do with Nazi Germany. The swastika is a, a, actually an older sign from Asia. It's not doesn't have the evil connotations that it has now. And I and the other person say to that person who's noting that the swastika is, um, is not always about Nazi Germany, uh, we say, but no, not in this, in this case, it is about Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. But what yeah. we learned later was that COVID originated from China. We know this for sure. We're, we're not, I'm not claiming that COVID was caused by China. You know, I, I tend to just go for the simple uh, Occam's razor that it was the Wuhan markets that where COVID started, right? Mm-hmm. But it started in Asia and and the person who noted that swastikas are not always about Nazi Germany was picking up on an Asian feeling about this situation. And she was shut down by me and the other person. And here's mm-hmm. a perfect example of remaining open to what comes through and allowing those things to come through rather than shutting things down because of our intellectual yeah. processes. And and really allowing her to continue. Who knows where she would have gone if she wasn't, you know, um, yeah. That's right. And it's yeah. just a, a really great example of, of allowing mm-hmm. and being open and how not being open. Now, you know, I'm not, I, whatever, I was, I saw a swastika and it felt like it was coming through because of, of the classical understanding of what the swastika is so whatever I was doing the best I could at the moment but it's just to know you know yeah it's it's really interesting to re-listen to it after such a long time because it's really coming back in a very strong way for me I can feel it um and and part of what I'm seeing as we talk now it's the different levels upon which a symbol or a sign function it it is referring to ultimately as we get into it it does have that asian connotation but it's also talking about something that's going to unfold in american politics a little bit too so it it has two things it means two things it's a good point and i mean yes there there are issues obviously with uh white supremacy thinking that there is any meaning to that at all and all all of that it was happening at the time and still is but it just feels Mm -hmm. like the the place that this was going was about COVID and yeah. that, you know, that, and we'll hear more in a minute about how that is the case and, and beyond COVID, the things that happened during the lockdown. 
but you know, if I had allowed her and if the other had allowed her to keep going, we may have had much more specific information, but it's okay. I'm forgiven. Let's mm. try to see if we can figure out what the message is about. Mm. It's a message about the work we're supposed to do as a group. Is it a so this is where I, I share that so that the listeners can see how we tried to shift it from relying on the table to mm -hmm. making it more of an intuitive uh, session. I just, I share that because you, 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 Dana, that was you speaking, asking to move it into an intuitive um, experience mm -hmm. rather than a. Um... I think that's what we were always trying to do when we were working with the table for sure. Yes. And, and also. And struck by something interesting as I listened to all of us we really and this is this is a learning moment I think we were really all not we were so eager to jump in we were not allowing each other to speak I know well that that's the problem with the table is that we we were asking the table and we expected the table to respond right away because it would the, the table, just so everyone who's listening knows, mm -hmm. would tip whenever we asked a question and the answer yeah. really would. I, I rely more on the intuitive information that came through in this session, not the table. But we would mm -hmm. ask and we would expect the table to answer like another human would answer. So we'd ask, no tip, next question, no tip, next question. I noticed yeah. that too. I noticed it at the time and I noticed it re-listening. Re we never gave space to just allow mm -hmm. spirit to come through. But uh, yeah. So, okay. So you, you asked if we could move it to an intuitive message. And then the next thing that comes through is this, as we're asking, is it this, is it this, is it this? And then. Does the message have to do with an event, an upcoming event that's going to happen? Does the message relate? <laughs> we didn't give time, but that's <laughs> that, that was the first. That was the first inclination toward an event that was coming. Mm -hmm. That was, and it, it, all of it, what's interesting is that it all exists in the questions here. And the questions of course, come from spirit. It's like spirit is, is guiding us to ask these mm -hmm. questions. So my, my question there was, is it an event? Is this an upcoming event? And of course we know now the answer is yes, it was an upcoming event and an upcoming event in months. Okay. So the next thing that comes through is this. I just saw a cross in a cemetery, like a gravestone, but it was wood. Mm. So like a newly grave, newly? Um, not necessarily. I think it was more symbolic. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm hearing like marching, like the sound almost of soldiers marching. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm seeing like rows of feet moving are you, are you showing me this are you intuitively giving me these images is your message kind of a warning Ooh, that was pretty strong That's what I so the, the table moved very strongly mm -hmm. when when she asked if it was a warning so we went from asking, is this an event to me seeing a cross in a cemetery, which now I, I translate to me seeing the death, the many deaths that were mm -hmm. about to begin from, from COVID. And then you immediately from that saw marching feet and soldiers, yeah. which 
you know, as well, would you like to speak to that? You know, it's, it's, um, so curious, but I'm feeling that strongly coming back. It's almost like I'm seeing the uh, image again. It's, uh, really, really powerful. Um, you know, and I, I feel like I'm listening to this whole thing and I wish I would have verbalized more of what I was seeing more clearly, you know, like I would have been able to share more of it instead of being so focused on the table. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, that's true. You probably, you would have probably, if you had had the, yeah, well, you know, this, this is what it is. Yeah. And who knows what would have come through. There are four of us. So how much time Mm -hmm. would you have had? I don't know. There wasn't a lot of patience in that situation. So, but, but just to note to the listeners as well, that I believe it went from me seeing the, the, the deaths that were coming to Dana seeing what happened after George Floyd was murdered and the, um, there were so many protests and then the, the police and then the military mm-hmm. got involved. Um, we'll, we'll note about that more, but, you know, I, I think that also maybe you were picking up on the idea that the government did get very much involved in everyone's lives once COVID started by creating the lockdown. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think it's interesting to know, and I don't know if it's neither here nor there, but I was, I was at some of those protests too. Like I got out there, I was out there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that was the first reemergence after having COVID and being stuck in the house for a while was going to those protests, you know, and really. For George, you're talking about protests against the murder of George. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, I think that that, I think that you are picking up on that, but I also wonder if there's a, like you said before, the double meaning here, there's also the symbolic mm-hmm. meaning of there being a force laid upon <laughs> us. Yeah right or wrong, good or bad. I'm not acknowledging that. I'm just saying that we were, we were told that we had to stay inside and businesses were shut down. And that was not necessarily a military movement, but it was an edict from the government. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder Mm -hmm. if you're picking up on some of that in that moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then also of course, picking up on what happens with, with the protests later. Um, so at this point, I, I'm not going to play it because it's, there's a lot in more, but you just to note at this point, you started to get chills. One of the other part people started to get chills Mm -hmm. and one of the other people began to wonder if there was a negative energy that was present and whether we should shut this down. Maybe it might've even been me who wondered okay are we uncomfortable with this do we want to stop with this and you said no I'm not uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. it it's information we need to have but Mm -hmm. I I am feeling very frightened right now and so you called in the archangel Michael to protect the space um and Mm -hmm. then this happened and and I'm going to keep asking questions until that happens yeah yeah Mm -hmm. is there any concern that we should is there any any concern in the very near future that we are going to be stuck in any way here? Oh God. What do you mean mm-hmm. stuck? Like not, not able to travel, not able to leave. Is something gonna happen in New York City shortly? 
Yeah, wow. I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Big I, I can feel, I can feel that moment again, like in my, in my heart and in my body. So I'm really feeling what I was feeling then. And yeah. yeah, because it, it did obviously happen to the entire world, but it started in New York City. COVID started in New York City. And 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 we lived through it in well, New York. That's where we lived through it, right? Like, and it's not, it's actually not true yeah. that it started in New York City. It started in China, but in the US, it hit New York. Yeah. And it didn't just hit New York. It hit New York in a way it did not hit other places. Yeah. To see this city shut down the way it was and uh, yeah, like wild. And to, <laughs> to think that that information came through. First, you know, the, yeah. the first person speaking is me. I say, are we going to be stuck here? Are we not going to be able to travel? Why would I yeah. ask that? In what world is that even yeah. a thing? And then now and then, it is, but it wasn't then. It wasn't before COVID. <laughs> and yeah. And if, you know, yeah. and then you say, is something going to happen in New York City? Um, which yeah. is just, it, it, I think that's just stunning. So then this happens. And this is a bit of a longer stretch. Is it possible that New York City would ever become an occupied state? I don't Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm seeing it on the streets. I'm hearing the, the way that soldiers march, the sound of the feet going. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm seeing it like in Midtown. I'm seeing it in, in between the buildings. Are you showing this to me? Is there anything we can do? What are you, what is your purpose then? Just to warn us? Are you still here? I want to know more about this. I'm sorry. Um, what, I mean, I don't, I feel it's impossible that in any other nation would come here to invade. I just don't feel that that would Maybe ever happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't this feel. Nation. Is, this, is this our this government nation. turning against the people? I'm going to insert in here because I feel like what we see right here is someone jumping to a conclusion instead mm -hmm. of allowing the message to play out, mm -hmm. you know, um, because recalling what I was saying, I don't even, that wasn't where, what I was seeing. That was what her interpretation of what I was saying, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, actually you were saying that it was. And I, I felt I was getting as well, and I think the other person was as well, that the, you know, not the one who was cutting in, but the other person, that this is our own country. Yep. Yep. And we say Occupying it. Occupying its own people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here we say it. Huh? What'd you this say? is the government turning against the people. Is that what you're showing us? So it's not like Iran coming here and taking over. It's the United States. Martial law. All right. Is this something that's going to happen within the next year? Within the next two years? Martial law. Martial law was declared in Washington, D.C. after the protests. Trump yeah. declared martial law. And sprayed all of the citizens with yeah rubber bullets. And we also can't forget too. We lived in New York under a curfew 
because of everything. We couldn't mm-hmm. go out after what was it, seven or eight o'clock? I, I mm-hmm. forget what it was, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we didn't have martial law declared, but they were taking clear steps to keep people off the streets. Mm-hmm. And it was declared with the George Floyd thing. He declared it. He quickly reneged because everybody was like, you're nuts. What are you doing? But yeah. he did try to declare martial law. And and later, when because we're also leaving something out here that happened later, which was the January 6th riots, where mm-hmm. he really wanted to declare martial law during those riots so that he could put off the presidential election and remain president. He didn't because nobody would support him in doing that. But that's what he wanted. So martial law was yeah. a big part of those years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, also the the same idea of the double meaning, you know, that there's the literal and then there's also the symbolic that we were kind of under martial law. We are no one could work except for those who are mm-hmm. fortunate enough to be able to work from home. Yeah. Anyone who couldn't work from home couldn't work. And you couldn't leave. Did people actually do it? No, we weren't. There wasn't a real lockdown. I mean, you know what I mean? Like China had real lockdowns. (laughs) There wasn't, but those streets were empty. Mm -hmm. I I know because I was, I was someone that went out in the beginning. It was like me and my family in the streets, which is probably why we all got COVID, but you know. um... In the beginning, in the first few months people did, but shortly thereafter, there was really no more lockdown. And and like the U.S. isn't a country that is really going to like, you weren't going to be arrested at gunpoint for being out on the street. You know, uh-huh. it, that, China did. China was yeah. real lockdown. You were not allowed to leave. And if you left, yeah. you were in trouble. But we didn't really yeah. have that, fortunately. But we did have lockdown and we did have rules. And mm-hmm. a lot of people followed them until they didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, what's striking me so amazingly is, you know, we that happened and we talked about it. And we've talked about it over the years, but... It just dawned on me, we really couldn't have this conversation without the perspective of time, right? Like we yeah. couldn't we couldn't see this a month later. We couldn't see it three months later, you know, we couldn't even see it probably and, a year or two later. And, and there's the there's the rub because how I wonder if we could dissect in our own personal, you know, in our own time, the ways in which maybe we could have seen these as prophecies. Yeah and could have shared them maybe not to get notoriety not to get you know legitimacy but to show people how these things happen and they're real yeah Mm -hmm. you know this is real Uh, i had said to my mother for instance where there is something coming we are not going to be able to leave where we live we're going there's going to be talk of martial law you know etc 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 if i had said that then it could have spread that knowledge more quickly and more easily that in fact, this is very possible from the seemingly normal in the population. Uh, Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's wild. And and I also think too, and I'm not sure how this fits in, but it does somehow, is I feel like the time of COVID being given that time where we were in the state where we weren't working, you know, I, I, um, where we had this time suddenly to ourselves, the spiritual, the amount of time I spent and the spiritual progress and the spiritual experiences I had during that time were, I wouldn't be where I am without that time. 
you say something about that at the end of this, which I'll play. You, you say something about that. Okay. It's very interesting. Um, let's let's see what it, what comes. Is this directly related to Trump and his administration? What you, I mean, what are you guys getting at? Because I don't quite understand about turning on us, government turning on us. I don't even feel like that's a possible thing in this country. I know things are really bad right now. I, I just don't feel... The reason, the reason I continue to play this, I'm not trying to shame her, but I, I think that it's important for the listeners who are listening to hear that this wasn't something that was even considered a possibility by most people at that time. So it's mm -hmm. not like we were sitting here with an, a notion of this possibility already in our consciousness. This was coming, I mean, obviously the notion is there all the time, right? We, everyone questions government. Most people don't trust mm -hmm. government. But the the possibility of this happening within the next year was not something that there was any, you know, and she's yeah. proving that with her response. And I think that's something to note just quickly about her as a person. Like she's not, a, she may not seem it here, but she's a fairly open-minded person in many regards, you know. And um, a very talented, skilled medium. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. So it's not like she's yeah. a person who doesn't believe and is just joining the circle for the day. She really, you know, she's a very spiritual person. So the fact that her yeah. response is that is it's just very interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, there would be war, war, civil war in our, yeah. you know, I think that's like far. I think that's conspiracy well, theory stuff. I, I just don't feel that that's something realistic I don't know you think that but that's what we're I don't doing. even well, see that happening like I don't well you might not but it's people, what we're getting so we're gonna say it you know? well it's already happening on some level with the so um <laughs> we'll we'll stop with that one <laughs> uh, it's interesting listeners because this was the last time we ever met this was our last circle yeah. it ended kind of in a in a painful way because of mm -hmm. the, a confrontation. So interestingly enough, but um, I think that all of this information was a powder keg and it created a, an explosion in a very interesting way. Um, mm -hmm. But, but, and I understand what she's saying. I, I think it's a little bit reductive to say it's a conspiracy theory, but whatever, that's mm -hmm. okay. Um, I do understand what she's saying. It does sound cuckoo, <laughs> you know, but it, it, it it's, it's a lot, I think, is what we can say. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's, I don't want to say heavy, but it's, um, it's a hearty message. You know? It's a lot for one, for, and I think yeah. she's a person who just couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle the yeah. message, I think. Um, okay, so let's see. Next. He's, he just, um, he is uh, Duncan is is the spirit that we were seeing in the beginning just to be clear took out a wad of bills that's in a money clip and he started counting the bills in the money clip i don't know is is this a message about finances or or money having money on hand is, is this... it a message about money being exchanged between our nation and other nations is the money incorporated in all this that um, the economy will go downhill because of turbulence? 
Is this, yeah. Is this the collapse of the financial structure as we know it? <laughs> oh, that's me. <laughs> and so, and so then this is what happened. I mean, you know, so it started with the, the spirit showing me the simplicity of seeing bills, right? And, mm -hmm. and then that carried on to questions about the, financial system as we know it and that's where the prophecy exists it's like it started with this simple you know this simple thing and then went to what actually wound up happening the financial system did collapse in a way the only reason it didn't collapse is because people were still able to spend some money and all that money went to the richest people in the world so you know there was something what was it like how much was it was it 300 billion or was it a trillion dollars transferred from the poorest to the richest during that time it, yeah it was i think it was closer around a trillion as, as an estimate uh, it really tipped the balances of any semblance of balance in any our equality economy. all the disparity yeah. widened and now look at where we are yeah housing is impossible for most people to afford cars are impossible mm -hmm. for most people to afford food is becoming impossible for most people to afford mm -hmm. people aren't getting paid and this started before covid but it definitely was exacerbated by by covid and um also just to note that something else that happened during that time during the height of covid in 2021, along with the Capitol riots, was the GameStop situation, which um, just as a, a brief little tutorial, GameStop was a bank, a co company that was on the verge of bankruptcy. Um, and short sellers tend to target companies that they think are going to be bankrupt because if they borrow, if they borrow shares in order to short a stock, and the stock goes bankrupt, they don't have to pay the shares back. So they, it's ideal if a company will be bankrupted. And so short sellers were targeting GameStop because it was on the verge of bankruptcy. And there was one person who really felt that GameStop still had validity in the market. And he led a kind of um, revolution of small, small, small time investors who continued to put money into the stock, even though there was this bankruptcy, uh, this verging on bankruptcy. And eventually, because they were fighting off the short sellers, GameStop started to explode. And it went from like, you know, something like 38 cents in December of 2020 to $453 in um, January of 2021. And then illegally, the companies that run the stock market basically shut down trading of the stock so that it couldn't shoot up anymore because if it had then they would have been destroyed and by they i mean major major financial institutions would have been destroyed by the situation and so they shut down all trading on the stock illegally if they had not shut down all of these small 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 time investors would have gotten very wealthy and new people who learned of the situation would have also gotten wealthy and they would have lost and lost a lot, probably to the point of the financial system completely collapsing. There are very, very intelligent people who at the time were saying, we have got to do something. This is going to destroy mm -hmm. the financial system. So that happened at the same time. And I really think that this ties in as well as the situation that happened with people in personally and individually and businesses individually during COVID being destroyed by the lockdown, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, New York, look at New York. It still hasn't recovered, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, Nobody yeah. has. Nobody's recovered. Yeah. 
except for the very wealthy. Um, and then this is kind of one of the last little bits that I'll share, which is interesting. I, I guess really as light workers sitting at this table, is there something we can do to help make this process softer for ourselves and others? Well, in a way, he has told us, so in a way, that is a kind of preparation, in mm -hmm. a way. But even though if we're not getting exactly tips on what we can do, mm -hmm. we know. Are you able to give a time frame for when this is going to occur? I mean, is this at least a few years away? Or is it occurring right now? And then one last thing so that you can hear... Do, do the, any of the four of us have to be concerned about personal, incredible personal hardship in the near future because of this? Okay, so... Will a byproduct of this um, financial collapse go hand in hand with a spiritual awakening for people? Are you still present? I don't, I don't think he's here yeah. anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was wondering. And that was the end. So interesting that, you know, it, it was happening now, actually. Mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't know it, but it was happening mm -hmm. in, in China in, starting in 2020, in 2019. Mm -hmm. It started spreading in China. I see, I see so many things. I feel like this is a primer on, you know, like um, my, a little bit of my own. We're looking at the perspective of the prophecy and allowing time to unfold to understand this. But I think it's a huge lesson, too, in us and how we can, how we learned to listen and trust and interact with spirit and give them the space, both spirit and ourselves, the space that we weren't able to do at that time exactly. I think I'm going to stop sharing the screen so we can just stop yeah. it. For, before I do, I just want to point out, can you see that, see how it says you see play and shuffle and then it says 2020 mm -hmm. prophecy. See how long yeah. the video is? Yeah. How long is it? I'm, I am on a phone. I can't, I can't tell. How long is it? It's 20 minutes and 20 seconds. <gasps> Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, well, I think that's true, but I, I don't actually think that that's generally true, at least for me. And I don't think it is for you either. I, I think it was just in that setting. It was hard to, there, there was no patience in that setting, which is why it was a challenge. And um, so, and there was not a, an allowance of just being open to what comes through. There had yeah. to be immediate answers and it had yeah. to be immediately relevant. And there was no allowance of like the circuitous way in which spirit communicates. So, but, but what we were doing, and yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't true on a whole is we were fitting ourselves into that situation instead of allowing that situation to fit us. I think, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that we were, would ever have been able to do anything other than that though, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah. There, that's an example. So we share all of that. And I, I agree. I, I personally, I just, I find it to be just so incredible to listen to that again, but we share all of that because it's an example of prophecy, but a prophecy that did not become a prophecy because we did not share it until after the fact. Yeah. And yeah. I guess maybe the lesson here is that we, 
it, it's just a matter of trust. I mean, I don't have a problem sharing messages of, from spirit that come through to individuals, but I don't have the trust to share enormous, you know, earth shattering information that comes through that affects the entire populace because I'm afraid of being um, judged as being insane or thinking I'm something special or, you know, all of those things that people tend to do to people who come forward as prophets. Mm -hmm. And I think that yeah. that's why I practice spirituality and that's why I pursue my spirituality so I can get to a place where that doesn't matter to me, where I trust God, I trust the great spirit and I don't care if somebody says you are, who do you think you are? Which, you know, I've heard before. So, you yeah. Know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's too, it's about moving through, for me, a lesson in, in being able to own it enough that if people are to say those things, it doesn't, our skin is thick enough that we, we know the truth and we, we can find the solace and understanding in that, you know, that, that we're not externally measuring something by someone else's response, but we're internally allowing ourselves to be present with spirit and the trust in the universe and understanding that um it kind of reminds me of an experience i had and i wouldn't say that this experience is kind of falls in the realm not so much of prophecy but being able to see something that hasn't come to pass yet you know and this kind of refers in how it may show up a little bit in a, a reading with someone one-on-one -on -one. i had had years ago and this is going back before my daughter was born so we're going back 10 years now um and I was really beginning to open up and was really excited about any time I was getting a spirit message so I was going to share what I got when I got it with someone as long as I felt like they were an open participant and there was someone that I uh worked with and you know he had, he had come in I was uh, managing a store at the point and we would talk about things like that. I know he was very open-minded. And I started to get his grandmother coming through. I think I've told you this story, right? Maybe. Yeah. And I was getting his grandmother coming through. And there was information around her. And uh, she was very big into the Virgin Mary. There was roses. There was rose scents. There was a lot of um, pink uh, messages, too, about a certain type of um, cookie she used to make him, just different things like that. And I shared this information, and I thought that she, from my perspective, I, I thought that she was a deceased spirit that I was having a, a conversation with. And I shared that with him, and he's like, well, that's all really right, but my grandmother's not deceased. She's she's still with us. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just thinking I'm picking up on his grandmother and their special connection they had. Two days later, he sends me an email saying my grandmother passed away. Wow. And that was just, I didn't know how to reconcile that. And it didn't help with the fact he avoided me like the plague for years after that. And I still think, I still think that it's I'm there in our, yeah. I'm sure. Um, and I didn't know how to explain that at the time. Even now, I, I just think, you know, spirit will give us messages and we're all consciousness and life or death doesn't, you know, end our ability to connect on a different way. And, and but I definitely had, uh, um, that was a big lesson for me along the way, you know? Mm -hmm. it it's It's just like, what is it about you that, and it was the connection between you and him, but what, not necessarily, I wonder what the connection between you and her was 
that led to that. I had a similar experience. I, um, you know, who Sam Shepard is, he's a, um, mm-hmm. he's a playwright first and foremost, one of the best of our time and also a director and an actor, but he, he's a playwright to me, most importantly. And, um, on the day he died, I, for the first time in many years, I picked, I had his book on my bookshelf, a book of his plays, and I took it off the bookshelf and took it to work with me. I never did that. There was no reason. I didn't have, really have time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, there was a little downtime on the job. So I was like, maybe I'll have time to read one of his plays or something while I'm there. But I, I had no reason I had never done that before. And he died that day. I learned the next day that he had died that day. And it was like, didn't solve anything. He was sick, I guess. I didn't know that. I, I don't know if he was sick or not, actually. I, I didn't follow him or anything. I, you know, just I'm a fan mm-hmm. of it. But um, but what's the connection there between him and me, between you and her? Like, why you? Why did she choose you, you know, to come? Yeah. To yeah. It's, to warn it's... him. I wonder if he called her. I wonder if you could ask him if he was able to call her within those days before she passed because of your message. Yeah, we we never we never spoke of it. I we never spoke of it. Now. I wonder. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that gave him a chance to say, "Oh, hey, Grandma, I was just thinking about you." Maybe they got to have a conversation they wouldn't have otherwise had. Exactly. Um, you know, and I I I think too that sometimes you know the why is and and that we are we are people who are a, open enough to be able to receive and share. You know, um, I wouldn't have handled that situation the same way now if I was in it that I did then, you know. What do you mean? Um, I think I think I would have just, I would have asked if it was okay, you know, can I share information? And said, I was like, oh my goodness, this is what I'm getting, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was just like assuming. Um, but I, I guess too, you know, why me in that moment? And I, I spent the time thinking, well, you know, I have a connection with the Virgin Mary and the flowers and everything, but it was just simply because I, I was able to perceive. Yeah. I think that you had to, I, I don't think you could have handled it any differently because I think that you needed to be shown what you could do in that moment, yeah. you know? Like you yeah. might not have had the confidence to know what you're capable of if that had not happened to see how, you know. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I think I think also reflecting on it allows me to understand the the sort of sensitivity and compassion you always have to have when you're sharing information. Yeah. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. like really be like present with how much this means to another person or how much it could mean to another person you know I think you know you you talked about the experience I just shared with you about it allowing me to show what I was capable of and I feel like there's something in what we just listened to that's showing us both what we're capable of you know and how we can um navigate that going forward you know and how um how we can better serve ourselves and each other, you know, and, 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 and other people, you know, and not work from that fear that we were talking about before, not let that yeah. fear dictate our choices. So, yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Dana. And to our listeners, thank you so much. And until next time.